Hello and welcome to the Vine Down. I hope you humans are doing really well out there. I'm really excited for another show this week. I have the best guest. I'm so excited about my guest and more like a partner in crime. Um, but yeah, this week we're going to discuss how to make the most of your travel season. So those of you out there in Vine Down land have either been in charge of uh, travel, booking travel, getting your team out on the road, or you're sort of in it and you're out on the road. We're going to talk about um, how to get your team prepped, make the most of it. And I'm really, really, really excited about it. This will be another week of actually actionable tactics to deploy in enrollment right now, because I have no interest at all in talking about big things you cannot implement. I am Emily Smith. I am the Vice President of Partnership and Partner Success at College Vine. I've been in EdTech for 20 years across four companies, and I've served 500, conservatively, maybe, admissions offices from student search to CRM, consulting, all the things. And I'm joined by Jason McNair Falk, my beloved colleague. Jason, please introduce yourself to the humans. Hello, humans. My name is Jake Smitner Falk. I use pronouns he, him. I am a community success manager here at College Vine with the awesome Emily Smith. Um, I think we have similar journeys. We've been doing this about 20 years each. Yours was more on the tech side of things. I was on the high school side, then moved in on the post-secondary side, and then jumped over into the air tech world about a year and a half ago. Um, on the post-secondary side, I worked at three unique institutions in Texas, Virginia, and most recently here in Chicago, Illinois. I implemented two CRMs, which is probably why I'm bald here. And I've been <laughs> through way, way, way too many college fairs, open houses, and admitted student events to count. Uh, I like to shake things up in Harriet, so I always love talking with you, Emily, because we always talk about, let's blow up Harriet and, and just make it amazing. So let's do it. Yeah, before the show, Jason says, like, what are we wearing? I'm like, well, I'm wearing a black sweater. And he goes, I'll wear black too. And I'm like, better if you don't, just like do, like bring your energy into this. Um, Jason, I'm so glad you're here. And you and I have had very different road warrior experiences. As a road warrior for a company, I end up traveling a lot, doing a lot of consulting, which looks a lot different than like young in my career doing co the college fair circuit that you have done. So I'm curious as we get started, what is your first, like what is a great juicy but safe for work fall travel memory that you can share with with the audience <laughs> just want to give that back you said safe for work correct? yes yep mm -hmm. okay safe for work um okay oh this had to have been almost oh 15 years ago i was in charge of east texas so if anyone on the on the um find out have east texas you know the schools are miles and miles apart and you don't have great cell phone receptions and don't forget i'm old so this is before we actually had like gps on the phones that would guide you places so i had all my college fair maps lined up ready to go we're going to this high school we were there we were there get there and there's a line of cars and we're all outside like wait the school looks closed come to find out there's like 35 high school counselors i mean excuse me 35 college counselors, we're all in our rental cars, Altimas, Jeeps. And we're like, I think we're at the wrong school. So we actually called the phone number on the invite. Come Wait, did you just like get out and mill around? Were you just like, you having this problem? I'm having this problem. Like you just looked at each other like, we looked at each other like we're all in the right spot, but not in the right spot. Like it was, a, it was an epiphany. So someone called the high school, the high school was like, oh yeah, we moved over the summer and we forgot to update the address. And we was like, oh, well, we can't find it on the GPS. She was like, no problem. She actually got in her car. 
left the new high school, came to the old high school, and we followed in a caravan to like a funeral procession. Yeah, it was great. We had flashing lights and everything. It was great. Um, what a time to be alive. Um, yeah, I guess that's a good that's like a good way to start, which is like be flexible because lots of things can happen, right? Definitely, especially be flexible and love Panera. Nothing mm. like a great cold cut sandwich. Yeah, yeah. So I brought a lot of Panera to a lot of schools and I realized like I should have brought not Panera. Um, well, great, Jason, I really appreciate you being here and your perspective. I'm really excited about it. We're gonna talk through three things today. Um, and I want to make sure this feels conversational. You know, we at The Vine Down love to hear from you as you listen. So please type to us in LinkedIn Live. We can see that stuff as it's coming in. So please do use that chat feature in LinkedIn Live to ask us questions. If you want us to talk about something in particular, like let us know, we're here to get that. So please use that LinkedIn feature. Um, okay, there are three things that we wanna talk about today. Uh, how to get ready for trips how to prep and plan for them, how to take care of yourself when you're on the road, and how to do really good follow-up. And those things, it's sort of like three things that don't seem like they have a lot with to do with each other. But we believe if you deploy some of the things that we're going through today, overall, your travel is going to get a lot better feeling for you. And uh, you're going to have better outcomes, right? Like, so there's the feelings component, which is like how taxing travel is for yourself or your team. And then there's the outcome component. Like, is this an efficient method of uh, recruiting students? And um, are we getting good bang for our buck? Because it ain't cheap. Okay, on the prep and plan side, we see it's sort of broken down into like a ready, set, go. So we want to make sure that you've got a really good pitch. And if you don't know what a pitch is, we'll talk about what that is. We also want you to get prepared for each high school that you're going to because different high schools will require you to do different things. And we've got a really good resource to share about that. And then we also want to make sure that you are putting yourself, and this is an efficiency thing, putting yourself in a proactive state before your trips. We want you to feel like you can actually uh, confirm that you will have students who will come see you at the high schools that you are visiting. Okay. So the pitch part of things, and this is where sort of Jason and I will bring our like corporate hats into the admissions world, because Jason and I are sort of like part of a greater essentially like this is going to sound sort of dirty, but like greater sales team at College Fine, right? Like it's our responsible to, that's our responsibility to make sure that our customers feel value in their relationship with us, whether that's a brand new college that we meet, a high school that we're trying to build a relationship with, or an existing customer or partner that we've been working with for a long time. It's all about that, like making sure that they feel value in the relationship with us. And part of that is to be effective stewards of our company and effective sellers and we talk about what makes a good pitch. And Jason, how intense are we about our pitch at College Vine? We are very intense <laughs> about the pitch. And I love that we will have the pitch, but we allow folks to have their own voice, which I think is so important. Yeah. So a pitch is like the thing that you start saying. And I, we want to be intent about this because um, you, can do, you can do a lot in a conversation with a student or a family if you have a really strong start. Right. Like it's up to you as the admissions person to lead and guide this conversation in a way that feels great for the student. And part of that is like confidently knowing what the first thing that's going to come out of your mouth. Right. Whether it's like, oh, we lead with a question or, oh, we lead with a pitch. And if you don't have this from your team, 
you can take this back to your team and be like, all right, we don't have a pitch. Like we're all saying, we're all out on earth saying different things about our school. And therefore like there's a really inconsistent message about our school. So I really believe that a good pitch should feel consistent across your whole team. And this is definitely something worth working on in your staff retreat um, or getting from your marketing organization if they can give it to you. The pitch is about students more than it's about you, your school. And it's repeatable, like, and you feel confident in it. You can say it in your sleep. I think that's really important um, to feel like you've got this like repeatable thing that you can roll out that's a really strong opener in conversations. Um, and Jason, from your perspective, if you're if you're opening with a student or family, like, do you have a personal pitch that you use? Do you have like a go-to opener or question that you are already use, always use? Or is there an institutional specific thing you use? Great question. I always like to bring the personal aspect into it because I think that's the human part of why we do what we do. So I always like to start off by like, what are you interested in? Why do you think you, you know, what do you want to have in a college? What does a college must have for you to be like, I want to go to that school? Okay. So you start with a question, learn a little bit, do a little discovery, and then you do the pitch. Okay. Cool. Exactly. Okay, so Jason would start with a, like a little miniature discovery question and then give the pitch. And the pitch looks like this. So there are five things that happen in a good pitch. One is the pattern interrupt. And this is something that you can say that like immediately organizes and gets the, the, the person's attention. Um, the second piece is like, what is my school? And like, if you were the US Air Force Academy, you'd be like, we are a four-year public college um, that you fly planes on your lunch break. Why is my school awesome for students? I guess that included that too, like some benefit, right? Or painkiller for students. Four, talking about outcomes, like what happens, like why the students should get this degree, why should they should pay this money. And then five, ending with a, like a test on their response to see if they understood what you were talking about, okay? So that pattern interrupt might be something like, we're completely different from all other schools or we are the only school that offers this experience, right? Like just some declarative statement that um, gets the attention of the person you're listening to. It's simple. The second part is what is my school? We're a four-year institution. We're a four-year private school. We're a four-year public school. We're a selective something. Like it's just a declaration about what you are. And then three, this is the point where you get to be really declarative about what makes you unique and special. And remember, what I've always said is, unfortunately, colleges, the thing that colleges will say, like, here's why we're unique, isn't often the thing that actually makes you unique. So please get real about the things that make you actually unique. And then to end with outcomes and end with a crisp question um, and get their response. Like, does that sound like a good fit for you? And then you stop talking and let the person answer and then you bring them in. Okay, so that's how we think about both what a pitch is and how you build one. Jason, is that something you've done? I know you've led a lot of admissions teams. Is, have you trained your teams on the thing you open with? Yes, we, we have intense training on exactly what our pitch is. We try to have a common, concise, what, how do we answer all three of those, uh, excuse me, all five of those questions there. And I think number three is probably the most important one because that may change depending on the audience. Maybe mm. you're at a very, you know, high performing prep school or you're at a inner city under resource school. Mm. That may be very different depending on the audience of students and families you're talking to. Mm. Okay. 
Well, let's talk about that, like the different high schools that you could go to, because I would say, again, if you can get ready for a trip and you have, you can do two things. One would be make sure you know what those first questions and words out of your mouth will be every time, make it repeatable. And the second is to get prepared for each high school. So I want to talk a little bit about um, the Student Environment Explorer and the high school piece of that. This is a tool, and we'll we'll put the link to this um, up as a call out here in the show. Um, let me make this window a little bit bigger. There we go. That's more beautiful. Um, this is the Student Environment Explorer. And you can look at both like your recruitment opportunity, you can look at Environment Index Explorer based on different areas. But there's a high school data explorer here that allows you to actually see more about a high school before you walk into it. Because you may walk into a high school in different geographies differently. You might walk into different high types of high schools differently. You might wear something different. You might say something different. You might have a different piece of your value proposition that you pull out. Um, so Jason, we've talked about how you have before trips in the past, before high school visits in the past, like the information that you would want to know about a high school before you go. And I'm curious, so I like the default here is Choate Rosemary Hall, which is a um, very well-resourced um, private high school, boarding school in, in Connecticut. Um, this is a student, this is a pretty small high school um, with very wealthy students. Um, how might you look at this data and interpret it? Like, what are you seeing here that might like organize your thinking for the day ahead if this were the high school you were going into? I mean, there's such great information here. Also, I mean, number one, the graduation rate, graduation rate is 97.5. That right there tells me that this is a high-performing college rating. These kids are taking AP, IB, all sorts of advanced classes. Mm -hmm. So whatever my pitch is, it has to be about some outcomes. Like you're gonna come here and you're gonna graduate. We have graduates at Fortune 500 companies. That's gonna tell me a lot about the overall pitch. But also when we look at the median family income, these are students who probably aren't too concerned about the cost. So maybe I don't spend a lot of time about a flood of buildings uh, and things, but it also tells me like what to expect when I'm walking into the school. Even if I never go, have attended this school before, I probably should have on maybe a suit jacket, button down, probably a tie, look super professional because that's mm. probably these, these, they're probably wearing, you know, suit jackets to school. So I should fit that part and make sure I fit with their overall environment. Right. Like this is a student body who's probably wearing a uniform or a dress code. And so like, you might want to be like a, di a slightly different version of yourself just with like, in terms of your own personal style you bring into this. Exactly. Okay. And then you told me there's another, uh, there's another high school that you love to visit in Texas. Give me the name of that. We'll look it up. It was David Carter High School. David W. David Carter High School. W. Carter High School. Okay. In Dallas. In Dallas. Okay. So different. So actually similar size. So senior class of about the same, um, but overall di like really different. Even this like free and reduced lunch program you have 85% of the student body versus 0%. So like, what are you, what would you use to get ready here? So here I'm going to already thinking about if I'm not talking about affordability, if I'm talking, if I'm not talking about the reasons why you're going to college in general, and also the reasons why you should choose us, like that tells me that there's a piece of like, okay, they have 89% of students going to college, but oh. with that free and reduced lunch, that gives me a little bit of like affordability is probably gonna be really important. I think 
we do it well in higher ed, but I think we could do an even better job of really catering to the audience that's in front of you. These students are going to be really interested in like, how can I afford to go to your school? I may know about you. I may think you're a great fit, but if you're $55,000 out of pocket after eight, that may not be an option for me. Hmm. The other thing I think about is like what role we need to play for high school students, but depending on how well resourced your high school is, because the, the last school we looked at had a, had a student teacher ratio of seven of seven to one. So that tells me that that high school probably has a lot more guidance on staff. And that's probably a problem that's like roughly solved by that school. This is double that. So this tells me that this school is probably less well resourced and has high school counselors with way bigger caseloads. And therefore, I, as the admissions counselor, may need to own closing the guidance gap more than I would at the other school, right? At the other school, I might be able to like do my thing, talk about my school. Here, I might be answering more questions about like the college journey because I'm, I feel beholden to help this school close the guidance gap because they're just not as well resourced. And I assume there are fewer guidance counselors on staff. Or high exactly. On staff. I, I even would probably come into this high school thinking that this will be a great high school for on the spot admission days, application workshops, because they may need additional resources and support to actually make that journey possible. Yeah. Okay. So again, free tool, student environment explorer that you can grab on College Vine that you can use like morning of before a high school visit to just like get your mind right about where you're going and what you're walking into. Okay, so that third piece, remember, was about um, was about uh, connecting before you go and making sure that you are in a place where you can be proactive about your high school visits, because a lot goes into determining where we go, right? Like a lot goes into determining, and Jason, you and I have talked about this a lot over time, which is like the data that you need to look at to drive behaviors about deciding where to actually visit, whether it's actual particular geos or where you're winning or if you're losing a particular area, um, a lot goes into that. But assuming you've already made that uh, determination about where you're traveling, um, there's a, a refinement you can make even in mindset about like, I'm going on the trip and the thing is just going to happen to me. I'm going to go to my appointments. I'm going to set up my table. and I'm going to do the thing. And what I really want to encourage this audience to think about is ways that you can push being reactive. And by being reactive, I mean literally like setting up your table and standing at the table. You are passively accepting who walks up to you in that moment. And I want to push you into thinking about things you can do to make this proactive before you go with the caveat, like nobody has staff right now. And anything that you do to get proactive has to be actually actionable, right? It has to be feasible that you could actually do it. So I want to share with this audience about College Vine and building connections on College Vine. I'm here in my campaign builder. This is something that our current customers already know. You guys are good on this. Um, for anybody who's not using College Vine, I'll first tell you what College Vine is, which is um, we are uh, completely different than any other lead source out there. We are a network of uh, students where students join, create full professional profiles, kind of like LinkedIn. That's how the students view it. And the way it works for colleges is that college can, colleges can send connection requests to students whether it's ahead of travel or for any reason, send connection requests to students. And the students can either accept the connection requests or they can dismiss them. If those connection requests are accepted, all of that profile data goes super deep into your CRM as a super deep inquiry. They apply at about a 25% rate because you've established the relationship with them. 
So we are a network that brings everyone together um, and the students are there explicitly understanding that they are there to be recruited. So the way this, this works for like pre-travel to put you in a state where you are proactive in your travel is uh, what am I? Emily, I was going to ask you, was that the pitch? Did you just That was pitch? the pitch. That was that the pitch. Was the okay, pitch. I just wanted to, I mean, it sounded like a pitch, but I, I had all of the five steps, but it sounded like a pitch. That's it. I'm, yeah. I'm yeah, quiet. You got, it. you got it. That was the pitch. Um, and I also got a note that my, I'm sorry, I'm like enthusiastically throwing my hair around my microphone. I need a better microphone. If I'm going to be a show host, I need an actual like radio mic. Uh, okay. So if you want to push your travel into being proactive instead of like just letting the trip happen to you, um, you can build segments of students to go connect with ahead of trips. And Jason, can you, you work with our current customers all the time. Can you talk about how, uh, or like why a school would want to build this segment, uh, like build a, go build a segment of connections before a trip? Yeah. So this is going to be super helpful because you should already know historically where your students are coming from. So maybe you want to expand into new areas. Maybe you want to do a new travel route. It's really hard to get brand awareness in a new area if people don't know who you are even before you set up your table. I've been to college fairs, been the new kid on the block. No one comes to my table because they had no proactive acknowledgement of who I was. Using campaigns, connecting with students early will allow you to even say like, hey, I'm going to be at that college fair in two weeks. Stop by the table and say, hi, I'm going to be your rep. I'm mm. going to be there to answer your questions. So just, just come in and say hi. Yep. So here, this is free for anybody to go build segments of students. So on College Vine, you can join, join College Vine for free, build segments here, and you can build in the states that you're visiting and even down to the high schools that you're visiting. So like I added David W. Carter High School. Um, we could add Connecticut and add Choate in. We could add a Red River Senior High School, which is a high school in North Dakota. Like wherever you're going, you can go build a segment, whatever those geos are. This is like an unlikely trip geographically, but let's just say it worked. You were really into driving. Um, and you can go build connection campaigns with these students and say like, oh, I want to use a lot of my credits here. And I'm going to write a message that says like, hey there, um, I'd love to connect. Um, we'll be in your area like dates, I'm not gonna actually send this. And um, here's what I found. Oh, that was my watch. I'd love to get together IRL and discuss your future as a, what's the best mascot you've ever had, Jason? Oh, as a cavalier. You want me to spell cavalier live on TV? Okay, cool, you're a friend. Yes. Yes, I got you. No, what is, how do you spell Cavalier? That's uncool. Okay, I'm not doing Cavalier. I'm doing my own, I'm doing my own mascot from my own college. CC Camels. Okay, so you can say like, I'd love to discuss your future. Let's get together. You could even include if you have like a meeting link where you're going to be at, posted up at a local coffee shop and you're taking appointments, you hit next. And then that campaign is goes out in a reoccurring fashion to all of the students in those, whoever meet those criteria, right? So you're building connections ahead of trips and pushing your trip from a like reactive, like sitting at your table and putting out the vibe to actually pulling people in to come see you. Okay. 
So that's a way to use your um, ready, set, go plan to make sure you have a great pitch, make sure that you know the high schools that you're going into, make sure that you have some plans to actually drum up business from folks who will come to you, book appointments, make connections ahead of the, ahead of the time. So Jason, the next piece of things is we would like to talk about sort of the personal side of travel and how you can take good care of yourself because it's hard. So it I'm, is hard. Yeah. So like how how did you keep it in balance? Uh, I, I think about it in three ways. Um, one is like, how do I leverage my network to make sure I'm safe? Like, to like physically and mentally safe physically and mentally safe. Um, as mom, Emily would say, there's strength in numbers. That's right. Uh, B is about personal care, which, you know, I think is really, really important self-care. And then like, how do you make travel work for you? So number one, again, strength in numbers. Uh, I gave you the story about the caravan. Um, I gave you the story about like, I knew my travel group, like there was a group mm. of about 35 of us, different colleges, we traveled together, different colleges, we traveled mm -hmm. together uh, about four to six weeks every fall. And so we got to know them very personally, sometimes mm -hmm. way too personally, but it was a good group because I remember specifically times where we we're like, oh, wait, where's Katie? And Katie was actually oh. not feeling well in her hotel, but we knew to look for Katie. And we knew specifically if we didn't see Katie, somebody need to go find Katie. So there is a, a certain level of, of camaraderie, family, community that happens when you're on the road with the same group of people for four to six weeks. So make sure you have a travel buddy. And that, and to your point, like it's it feels good because you're in a strange place and you're, you know, with strangers. It sort of feels good because you have like companionship across a group. And also like there's a safety sort of networking component too. Also like that the rest of that networking component, if this is if you're a cohort in a young, if you're a young admissions counselor and you're, you're like in a cohort of students, like these are your future colleagues. These are your future NACAC co-presenters. These are your the future folks who are going to grow up and be VPs who are going to hire you into your next job. Um, or you're going to hire them into their next job. Like it's it is a it is worth putting time to this because it's your professional network. Exactly. And most importantly, who wants to eat by themselves? So you always have a buddy to go eat with at dinner. Uh, because again, you are on the road by yourself for four to six weeks. Make a friend. Yeah. Okay. So speaking cool. of like eating and sort of the tactical things, like how do you view sort of like personal care on the, on the road? Like, what do you actually do to make sure that like you individually, like human you is okay on this trip? Gotcha. I think this is something I, I still struggle with today is that when you travel, it's like you are on vacation all the time. But when you travel for work, you're not on vacation. You're actually yeah. working, right? So the same routine that you probably have at home, you should try, you could try your best to adapt it to the road. So I like to work out in the mornings before I get my day started, have a cup of coffee, read the news. When I travel, I still try to do that. I still try to hit the gym. I still try to have a cup of coffee. Hotel coffee is absolutely tragic, but it's What's coffee. worse, hotel coffee or hotel gyms? Oh, hotel gyms. Hotel gyms. <laughs> so, bad. so bad. So mm bad. -hmm. Like, why is this weight just 10 pounds? Why is this the biggest weight you have? Okay, well, gym? for some people, that's okay, big man. Okay, but like, fair, fair. I understand. Hotel coffee and hotel fair. gyms leave a lot to be desired. But your point is, like, if you do the normal thing, 
you're going to feel like yourself. And the outcome there is that you feel um, like you're presenting your best self in the day ahead. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, one thing I didn't, um, I guess, understand because I had a lot of female colleagues who traveled with me as well, who had babies and things. So, Emily, I'm going to ask you, like, what is it to be a, a mom and have to travel for work? How do you manage it all? Oh, as a parent? Well, there's like the how yeah. do you manage it all, which like you don't just it's like a <laughs> like you don't it just like, things are just like a cluster but there's an aspect of like i think understanding where you are in your in your life and like what what you're bringing into your trip right like whether you're like a person who needs to work out or you're a parent who just gave birth and you're a nursing parent and you have all these extra logistics around like traveling and nursing and where you're going to pump and where like how you're going to travel with breast milk um that's like a personal uh it's going to say like vendetta. It's not actually that aggressive. That's like a personal topic to me. That's like very, uh, uh, very close to my heart. And if anybody out there is in that same cir circumstance or as team members in that same circumstance, I have a ton of resources for you and your team. Um, because there are certain aspects of travel as a nursing parent or as a new parent or as a parent with children at home, where you're trying to keep logistics running at home, you're trying to care for the things that are happening in your own body on your trip. And all of that is more complicated complicating. I would say that that's something to be aware of as a manager and something to be aware of in your sort of travel pack to just know that like everyone has something going on, right? Like you can approach any situation thinking that there's like more than you can see. Um, so that's definitely a, a piece of the puzzle that I think a lot about and um, the different aspects and journeys around like parenting babies and small children plus work travel. Um, it's a lot. So I'll acknowledge that. Yeah. Jason, from a, like a manager perspective though, like what would you, how do you check in on your team? How do you keep in touch with them and how do you stay connected with them? Like if for the, for the leaders out there, like how can they best serve that road team when they're at home? Yeah. You have to be very intentional. Um, I used to always start my day off with just sending a quick text message. It could be an email. It could be a Slack, whatever communication tool um, you have with your team. Just say like, how's everyone doing? Does anyone need anything? Does mm. anyone need any support? Right. It's just asking the simple questions like, how can I be a service? And I think if you leave it that wide open, then people feel really comfortable just asking or, or saying whatever uh, they need. But it's not just about when they're on the road. This starts when they're in the office. This starts doing the interview process. Your team has to really understand and believe that you have their best interests at heart. You have to be human. Bring the human aspect mm -hmm. back to the work that you do, not only with the students and families, but also with your teams as well. Like, I'm too old to be on the road for four to six weeks at a time. So, you need folks in your office who can do that for you. So make sure you're that resource to ensure they have everything that they need so their travels can be as uncomplicated as possible. Nah, you know you miss it. You know you want to go back to that hotel gym when that's sticky weight. Yeah, sticky weight. That's, that's not flashbacks. I'm triggered now. Thank you. I know. Sorry. Should have given that a warning. Okay. And as we close up that section on sort of the personal side of how to care for yourself, Jason, you, you said something that was really helpful to me yesterday about like how you can make travel, fall travel work for you if you're in it. Like, tell me more. Yeah. My favorite thing to say is that make fall travel pay for your spring vacation. Let me say it again. Make fall travel, pay for your spring vacation. Hilton, I am a Hilton member. Emily, I know 
feedback from you, no reaction. I'm a Hilton okay. member. Noted. I've been a Diamond member for Hilton since my second travel season. And they give me amazing upgrades now when I travel personally. Make sure you sign up for every loyalty program. If your college or institution doesn't require you to use an actual purchase card or a, um, a institutional specific card, get you a, a travel card. I love the Chase card. Every time you put your, you know, pay for your hotel, pay for your food, pay for your uh, gas up there, let those points work for you. And every year that I was a road runner, I would use all those points to take myself on an amazing vacation after May 1. Deserved, deserved. And I'll see you at the Marriott. Um, okay, question, Jason, as we transition into sort of the follow-up piece, I wanna ask, uh, in your opinion, where was the greatest opportunity to maximize your team's effort during travel season? Like, how do you make those determinations? Yeah, that's an easy one. Um, when you're on the road and you know you're going to a thousand college fairs, you're going to high school visits, make sure your team has the resources and the tools they need to make the most out of those high school visits and things. Like you know that your counselor has probably 20 seconds tops to have a conversation with the student. Make it easy. Is there a tool that you can have that oh, they can like take having quick a repeatable notes? pitch? Having a repeatable pitch, is there an inquiry card that is very concise, clear? Mm -hmm. Like, don't ask questions on your inquiry card that you know you're going to get during the application process. Make sure your counselors, your team on the road have the best tools that they can work as efficiently as possible. Set them up for success. Nice. All right. So let's talk about the follow-up piece. So after the trip, let's talk about the things that need to happen. Jason, you and I have chatted a little bit about this, about how to, how to sort of be an effective how to be effective after the trip. Because hopefully you've gone on the trip, it's gone well, you worked out with your sticky weight, you connected with students ahead of time, you got yourself into a proactive state, you gave your repeatable pitch, and the students love you. You have tons of inquiry cards. What's the number one thing like that you should, number one word you should have in your mind? Jason, this is not a prepared question. What's the number one word you should have in your mind, RE follow-up? I'm sending you the word I think it is. What do you think it is? Oh my goodness, uh, follow up. I mean, what I think about is that you've met with the student. One word, Jason, one word. Oh, one word. Oh, but I'm not good at one words. I'm not good at this game. Okay, the word I want you to say is speed. Oh, speed. Yes, speed. I knew that. <laughs> speed. Speed, all caps, speed. Okay, so what's like, what really happens after a trip? You come home with your stack of cards, you give that stack of cards to someone who's going to process them, and then that person processes them, and it takes five days a week, they start getting calm flow. I think that is bad. I just like uniformly, Horrible. I think that's inadequate. Um, I really want folks, either lead leaders or uh, enrollment work, like individual contributors to really think about speed. And um, the reason why is all of your competitors are out there doing the thing, with the cards and the days and the long time, like, you can win on speed um, if you're following up effectively. And to think about the like the sort of the lightest process that you can run to communicate with the folks you've met, the students and families that you've met after the trip. Um, and I really want to make sure that you um, admissions folks are getting intense, like understand what happens with your cards, like understand where they go, understand how long it takes them to process and get curious about how to make that go faster and to invite new process into your admissions office. 
That is the word I was hoping you would say, speed. Um, speed. And Jason, like, say it's the Monday after a trip. How are you organizing your time that day? Number one, it is follow up with any inquiries that I've received. Um, we used to have this this standard inquiry card, right? But on the back, I always were intentional to leave it blank. And I encouraged my counselors to go on the back and write quick notes. And we all used the mm. same kind of quick notes. Like uh, a A is like, this is a hot prospect. I need to follow up immediately. B is like, it's warm. C would be something else. I, I can't remember exactly what it is, but based on what the codes were on the back of the inquiry cards, that really dictated who got responded to the quickest, but also removing the inquiry cards. Like what are the tools out there that you can make sure that you are giving your teams the most, uh, the most opportunity to connect with the right fit students. And then the second thing too, what I did the following uh, when I got back is expense reports because you got to make mm. sure your counselors who are probably making thirty five, forty, fifty $50,000, that $3,000 they spend on the road is really important. So make sure you are advocating for your teams with accounts payable to get those expense reports submitted and refunds returned as soon as possible. Okay, so there's an aspect of like after a trip, you don't necessarily want to dive right back into your regular meeting schedule or say yes to a bunch of appointments or calendar invites for the morning after a trip that you should pre-time block yourself on follow-up and expenses um, to get uh, to get uh, more effective in your speed on follow-up and get intense about that process so that you're running that repeatable process for follow-up. Exactly. So Jason, tell me about, it's a College Vine show, so we can talk about College Vine stuff. Tell me about stuff that our customers do on College Vine after travel as part of the follow-up machine. Gosh, I got one partner who's amazing about this. They do live streams. And if you aren't familiar with live streams, uh, hopefully I have my pitch together. Think of live stream as a virtual way to meet students on the College Vine platform. You come on, it is 30 minutes, 15 minutes is you doing a presentation, bring your PowerPoint, bring your Prezi, talk about what makes your school super unique. The last 15 minutes is Q&A from folks who attend. Students attend, family, uh, um, they bring their parents, high school counselors attend as well. Come onto that live stream and say like, hey, for those who I met last week at the college fair in Dallas, Texas, thanks for joining me. I'm just gonna highlight why, again, I think that you're a great fit and why we may be a great fit for you. And it's a really, really great idea to expand your reach and reconnect with those folks that you may not be able to travel and see them again. Because again, fall travel is just in the fall. So you meet them for 20 seconds. You can't expect them to stay engaged. So it's your responsibility. It's one of your biggest opportunities is to keep them engaged. And a live stream is, is a great way to keep them engaged. Yeah. So we we are running partner live streams all the time on College Vine. Students are really interested in them. It's given me enough data to know that like students, I, I reject the notion that students don't pay attention to things for long periods of time. Uh, not true. They'll pay attention to a compelling live stream for 40 minutes uh, without navigating away. And we know that because we track when they navigate away or pull another window on top of your window. And then you can watch the game tape and see where you lost their attention. And it's horrifying, but very helpful. That's a feature of Contrabine live streams. Um, the yes. other thing that you can do on College Vine is messaging your connection. So Jason, how would you deploy as a follow-up mechanism, how would you deploy College Vine messaging separate from email uh, to follow up with the folks you met on your trip? 
Gotcha. Well, school, I actually have a partner who um, asked students, like, are you on College Ride, too? And if that box is checked, they actually come on to College Ride, look for that student and send that student a note to say, hey, it was so great meeting you at that college fair. Using those little quick tips and trips that you wrote on the back of probably the inquiry card. It was great that we talked about football. Did you know our mm. football team is like the best? So it allows you to build a more personal and relatable relationship with that student. I've always found that when you go back to just being human, the students feel a little bit more connected to you because you see them, they feel heard, and you're able to connect with them on a deeper level versus just some paper application that you saw, you read their GPA. Come on College Fire, you see the student's profile, use that information to really be intentional about yeah. the communication you're having with that student. And if you're if you're connected on College Vine, you also have insight into their preference and persona. So you know exactly Ooh, how that student is going to make that decision, right? And if you're messaging somebody you met who's also a connector, you're going to follow up with them about like, hey, great meeting you last week. And I think you're going to really care about these clubs. Something that you can do all the time in a message too is, I was thinking more about our conversation. So you've met the person and you lead in a message with, I was thinking more about our conversation. I think you might really care about um, the practical outcomes of our nursing program. And then you're in the door with that student. You're human, you've listened to them and you're showing them that you know them by showing them that you're thinking about them and then offering them more information on top of that. And the preference persona that's part of their College Vine profile is gonna be really helpful. The last so thing, yeah, the last thing that I think about too is the people you didn't meet. Um, like this happened to us at NACAC where we're a company, we go to NACAC to make sure that people know about us. We set up a ton of meetings, but then there are a bunch of people who colleges who don't go to NACAC. So there are a bunch of opportunities that we've missed. You can actually deploy connections on College Vine to come behind your trip, kind of like a snowplow to like scoop everybody up, right? To say like, oh, we were in your area. We missed you. Gosh, I'd like to have this conversation with you. Gosh, I'd like to be connected with you. And you're sort of saying like, oh, I was just there, but you missed me. And you're scooping them into your inquiry pool um, via some, some compelling messages and building connections with the students you did not meet yet. Snowplow connections. Scoop them up. Snowplow. Jason, it snowed this morning in Colorado. Oh, well, I'm in Chicago and I feel like it could snow tomorrow. We had our first frost this morning. It's too early. It's too soon. It's too soon. Yeah. It's too soon and it's like currently hammering snow outside. Well, that's October 12th for you. Um, folks, we're gonna call it there. I really appreciate, um, Vinay, I appreciate your uh, trolling us in the chat. Audience, not Vinay, our founder, who often is the guest on our show. Uh, audience, I really appreciate you being here. Tons of awesome engagement from you all. The Vine Down is just such a joy for us who do it. So thanks it for letting us do it. And hopefully you have some actually actionable actions for your fall travel season ahead. We'll see you next time on the Vine Down. We're gonna have another student profile next week. Um, and we're really excited about that uh, for the week ahead. See you soon. Bye humans. <laughs>